Life Audio. You're listening to Therapy and Theology, and I'm your host, Carly Merclear. This podcast is a space where we explore popular topics and questions related to the convergence of faith, feelings, spiritual formation, and more. My prayer is that through these conversations, we will grow in our awareness of who we are as beloved children of God, learn to acknowledge our needs and emotions with curiosity and compassion, and rediscover the purpose and power of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. As a licensed therapist and ministry leader, I want to give voice to the many questions we face while cultivating a clearer view of how our faith informs our healing journey. I don't have all the answers, but I am committed to going deeper and walking together. So whether you've been to therapy or know exactly what you believe when it comes to theology, I want to invite you to join this journey as we fearlessly name the complexities of our present reality and press into the hope of the gospel story. So are you ready? Let's jump into today's question and begin this journey together. Hey, everybody. I'm Dale. And I'm Tamara. And we're hosts of the Kynos Project podcast. Where we help you tackle ancient Christian truths in everyday settings. The word Kynos means new, and that's exactly what we want to do on our podcast. Bring something new from what is old in our faith. And on this show, you might hear us explore topics like what the Bible has to say about student loan forgiveness, discuss how the satanic temple affects our view of religious liberty in America, or even question why is it that so many people are having rapture anxiety. To learn more about the podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. The Historical Jesus Podcast is the sweeping saga of the life and times of Galilean Jesus of Nazareth, as well as the faith, religion, and church founded to honor and disseminate his acts and teachings. Join me, Mark Vinette, on this fascinating journey through time, exploring the many great works of Christian theology, literature, architecture, music, and art inspired by the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. Hey guys, welcome back to Therapy and Theology. Today, I want to talk a little bit more about spiritual disciplines as we've kind of talked about them throughout some episodes, but I want to specifically discuss distortions within spiritual disciplines that I think in many ways have disconnected us from the heart of what they are meant to be, and then also provide some tools and even some steps for us to renew our vision for spiritual disciplines in our lives so that that, that they can be what they were meant to be as pathways to encountering God. And so I want to start with a quote from Richard Foster, and he says this about spiritual disciplines. He says this, disciplines are not the answer. They only lead us to the answer. We must clearly understand this limitation of disciplines if we are to avoid bondage. And I think this is such a perfect example of the tension that we hold within practicing our spirituality, um, living in alignment with what we are desiring in life, and also not being held captive by the ritualistic or legalistic side of doing something in order to get something. And I think this is where we can go back and lean on John 15, where Jesus reminds us that we 
are to abide in him. And that is this particular idea of spiritual formation is spirit led. And we are to be close in proximity, but then God shows up and does the rest in and through us, transforming us as we behold his glory, as we sit with him and be with him in different ways. And so this is the heart of spiritual formation is pathways to encounter God, pathways to resist the culture, right? Where it says in Romans 12 that we are to renew our minds, to not be transformed by this culture because everything is forming us but to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and be formed by connecting and abiding and reminding our body, mind, heart, and soul of God and our spiritual and divine nature. So with this framework in mind, I want to discuss three of the most common distortions that I think spiritual disciplines take, and they can really disconnect us or even discourage us from pursuing an authentic relationship with God. So let's start by just outlining these three distortions that I want to touch on today. Number one, spiritual disciplines as a method for self-improvement. Number two, spiritual disciplines as a mandate for religious acceptance. And number three, spiritual disciplines as a measurement for our spiritual maturity. So let's start with self-improvement. I don't know if this has ever been something that you've thought about before, but oftentimes I think that when we look at a list of spiritual disciplines, right, some really popular spiritual disciplines would be reading the scripture, prayer, going to church, silence and solitude. And in all of these, what we can reduce them to is a set of tools that are meant to help us become better people. And in a lot of ways, this produces a do hard, try harder type of Christianity because it's quite self-focused and self-initiated. We're doing different practices, hoping for an outcome that is quite disconnected from the heart and spirit of God. And so it's like going to something in order to get something for ourselves without actually an authentic connection, right? So if we are in a relationship with someone and we only want to be in a relationship with someone because that person does something for us, then it becomes very self-focused and rather it's not relational focus. And so the whole message of the gospel narrative is that the creator of this world wants a relationship with us. And when we reduce spiritual formation practices to a list of things we can do to become better, we cheapen it in one sense. And I think we can get really discouraged. I know I have because in many ways, I think my spiritual disciplines as I was younger, growing into young adulthood, I really did think that it was a way to become a better person. It was the checklist that I had to have. And I was really discouraged and frustrated. One was my inability to actually fix myself. And then also with, I think, a perception of shame that I thought that God was then upset with me because I couldn't fix myself. And there are plenty of spiritual environments that will tell you you have to do all these things in order to become a better person or in order to get acceptance. And we'll talk about that next. But specifically recognizing and maybe even asking ourselves, you know, what is the purpose of this spiritual discipline in my life? And that can be a really helpful, angering question, because if we're doing it in order to see a behavior change, rather than to meet with God and allow Him 
to renovate our hearts, I think that can be a really disappointing ask because in a lot of ways, the spiritual disciplines in and of themselves are not holy. They're not transformative. It's like any other activity that we would do, but it's the heart of the activity within spiritual disciplines that changes it. And so we're not meant to fix ourselves. That's something that is very so works-based. And in a lot of ways, it creates a lot of discouragement when maybe we don't see the improvement that we want, right? Setting goals and intentions is very different than showing up and surrendering our soul to God. So in addition to our self-improvement category as a method for self-improvement, I also see a lot of times that spiritual disciplines can become a mandate for religious acceptance. And whether this is acceptance of of God, like our perception of whether God accepts us or not, but I think it, this could also be on a large scale, like our, our spiritual uh, communities and if they accept us or not based on our religious attendance uh, or the way that we practice certain things. And so being able to ask yourself the question, you know, what am I hoping to gain here? And do I feel rejection or shame or guilt when I don't practice such things? Um, this can come from lots of different areas, but I think it is helpful to be able to kind of check in with what is the acceptance level here. And I, I remember the time where I realized that my acceptance was not based on God's approval or denial of my spiritual disciplines, but rather his love for me that brought Christ to the cross. And when that shifted in my life, I think it it really humbled me, number one, because then I realized that all of the uh, the responsibility of my religious devotion was not actually doing anything for me. You know, God's affection and approval was not contingent on my goodness. And that was uh, life-changing for me. And I think oftentimes we can live long time in under this assumption that God is looking at us, waiting for us to get it together. And in actuality, he's saying, come to me. You know, if you're weak and heavy laden, come to me and I will give you rest. He is the source. And all of these things, all of these disciplines are just resources to get us to connect with that source. And so looking back, I am... I'm quite aware that, you know, in my own process, I was misled to believe that God's love was something I could earn or accomplish. And I think so many of us have maybe believed this, and it maybe isn't even something that has been verbally spoken, but maybe just internalized nonverbal awareness of maybe our interactions with people, and then we assume that for God. But I, I think for me, asking the question like, so why do I come to these spiritual disciplines if it doesn't actually give me acceptance itself? How can I look at it a different way, right? So if I, I remember I stopped reading my Bible that summer because I was like, wait a minute, this isn't going to like make God love me more than why do I do it? I think that was a really great question for me to ask because it shifted things and allowed me to recognize that I'm I'm coming to scripture not to gain something from God, but to show up in a relationship with a God that already accepts me. And in doing so, I'm having a I'm having a connection with him. I'm coming to learn more about him and I'm coming to show and share more about me. And in doing so, I'm transformed by reminding my heart 
soul, mind, and strength that I am already loved. Uh, my friends and I send that text out often when we're going into big situations or doing things, we will send the text to you. You're already loved. Remember, you're already loved. And I think that's what spiritual disciplines have become for me is a reminder that I'm already accepted. And rather than having to kind of earn that. A powerful prayer life does not require hiking a mountain to be able to hear from God. God can meet us right in the middle of our busy lives to help, guide, and speak to us through prayer. I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical teaching and encouragement on how you can make prayer a natural and consistent part of your everyday life. I promise it won't require hiking a mountain, but you just might develop the faith to move one. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com. Now, I will also add that in my work as a therapist, I see this spiritual acceptance perspective repeated in many of the people that I work with. And in a world that is consumed with chasing approval and security and love and safety, it's no wonder that we are placing the same expectations on our spirituality. But it is such a helpful reminder to go back to scripture and to see that we are reminded that it is not our love for God, but is his love for us, right? That is what is contingent on this relationship. And so I think this can be freeing for us to be able to take a step back and ask the question, you know, is this a checklist that I have to do in order to be accepted? Because in some situations and in some cultural contexts within Christian circles, I think it is. And we have to then ask the question, is this a healthy environment for me to be in if I have to be mandated to do certain things in order to be accepted? And I think the the list here of spiritual disciplines is what I'm specifically talking around. But one of the things that can really, I think, bring freedom and a new perspective on this is when we allow ourselves to ask the question, you know, what is the purpose of me going to this? You know, is it for self-improvement? Is it to gain acceptance? Because either one of those um aren't going to be healthy reasons to go towards spiritual disciplines. And then lastly, I think the last kind of distortion I see is a measurement for spiritual maturity. And this is different in the sense of acceptance and love, but also has its own kind of flavor in a lot of ways, because I wonder how often, and I I mean, I've done this, I hope that we can all sit around a table and say, oh yeah, me too. But we can kind of measure our, our worth as a Christian, our worth as an individual based on maybe our circles around us. And so if we are participating in spiritual disciplines out of a sense of trying to conform to a group of people, or maybe even as a measurement of, well, if I'm a good Christian, then I do these things. I think we've missed it. And I think there is a level of um, encouragement that I, I would love to invite you into to be able to say it's it's more about God and less about our performance for him. And so the spiritual formation aspect of this is not so much about a measurement of how much we're doing, but rather how much we're how much we're open to God and in his love for us and his his spirit to move in our hearts. And so one of the things that can be helpful 
to be able to kind of dismantle this lie of, oh, spiritual disciplines are measurements for my spiritual maturity, I think it can help to be able to kind of look back at scripture and say, what is God asking? You know, I think I go back to the Psalm where he says, I don't want your sacrifices. I don't want your processions. He says, I want a broken and contrite spirit. This is what is pleasing to me. And so I think it's more of our posture than our performance that God is looking for. And this can take a lot of pressure off, right? When we're able to say, you know, the measurement of my spiritual maturity is often and most importantly, my posture before God, my humility and recognizing I need Jesus rather than my performance and my ability to kind of carry out spiritual disciplines on a regular basis. I say to my clients and to my friends, we always we say we practice poorly. Like the practice is the key. It's not necessarily the the level to which we practice. You know, everybody's at a different place. Some of us are running, trying to run one mile and some of us are trying to run six miles. And so I think being able to to take ourselves off a measurement scale and recognize it's more of a posture of my heart and my spirit that allows me to connect with God in a whole different way because then I'm not measuring myself and then there's not all this pressure and stress and I'm able to just show up authentically to connect with him. So maybe you have experienced one, if not all of these distortions and my friend, you're not alone because I have too. One of the things I want to encourage you with is that doing this work of untangling ourselves from distorted views of spirituality takes time. So being gentle with yourself is really key here. But also, I think finding a friend or a trusted spiritual leader or therapist can also be a really helpful thing to do so that we can explore our thoughts, feelings, and beliefs about things and be able to kind of uncover and reveal the heart of the gospel in a lot of this work. It can be really difficult when we've been fed messages that are designed to control or to shame us into a certain type of behavior. But it's less about the doings, the ethics of how we should live, and more about the depth of our experience with God, because that's what it comes out of. And so if we can turn this back to a relational piece of getting to know a God that loves you, that can change the way that we look at coming to God, because we're not coming out of fear or out of condemnation, but we're coming to Him with the awareness that we are so loved um, and that we can be honest and authentic in that relationship. And that is truly the starting point of any sort of spiritual formation is opening up our hearts to God and allowing him to transform us as we commune with him and as we connect with him. So if maybe this is all new to you and you're wondering, what is a spiritual discipline and how do I actually engage in it? I want to just give three different types of disciplines and be able to offer them as invitations to meet with God in a new way. Now that we're looking at spiritual disciplines, not as holy in and of themselves, but as pathways to meet with a holy God that wants to know us and transform us. You know, we are called to love God and to love others. And this is how we become people formed by love. And so in Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Disciplines, he talks about three different types of disciplines, the inward disciplines, outward disciplines, and corporate disciplines. And so 
The inward disciplines are things like meditation, prayer, fasting, and study. Outward disciplines are simplicity, solitude, service, and then corporate disciplines like confession or worship, guidance, and celebration. Remember, each of these practices are meant to be pathways to connect us back to God. And so whichever one might be one that would be helpful to you in this season, I would encourage you to start there. And be sure to check out the show notes in this episode for more resources if you're interested in learning more about developing a new vision for spiritual disciplines. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Therapy and Theology. If you have a question or topic you would like discussed on a future episode, please feel free to email me or drop it in the comments. Also, don't forget to subscribe to have each week's episode instantly downloaded to your podcasts and see the show notes for resources mentioned in this episode. To access more content and join my monthly email list for the latest updates and info, visit my website at carlymarcoyer.com. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. We're a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.